had a unique experience today in talking with a major spiritual leader, individual of uh, a great uh, a great institution who who of course may not be up to date in eschatology and rapture, but was trained early on in their church life about rapture. But over a period of time, through the power of just education and getting farther away from that good old gospel message, the man confesses and repents, asks this question of my friend, do you believe that we are living in the end time? Do you believe that that's where we're at with what's happening? And then commenced to say, I was raised in a, in a church who taught that. But now, in my field of experience, it just seems like, it seems like those things that I remember as a young person, as a child, are becoming more manifested. Friend, I'm here to tell you that the rapture of the church could take place right now. How long do you think that how long do you think it would take for our world to have to bow their knee with a situation or a circumstance that they could do absolutely nothing about? COVID-19 virtually has done that in many nations. People will lose their businesses. People will lose loved ones. People will lose their jobs. The economy will be challenged and tanked in some areas. And the great things that people go by hundreds of thousands, the great sports arenas, are shut down by something you cannot see something you cannot feel until you're adversely infected with it. And if you look at that, and Sharon and I talk about that, if you look at that and you think, how long if something else came along and God were to say, I'm preparing you for those first three and a half years of the tribulation, and then I'm going to prepare you for the second half of the tribulation, in which we believe at the beginning of the first three of the seven years, that we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air as the rapture of the church takes place. But before that will not happen just like that, all of a sudden a rosy situation, everybody's cool, the Holy Ghost is moving and falling and lives are being changed, it'll happen on a gradual level. And little by little by little by little, God's saying to the church, I'm trying to get your attention. Some said, well, this must be the judgment of God. No, it's not the judgment of God. The judgment of God, my friend, is nothing like this. The judgment of God will be so real, you will not deny that a loving Father with grace and mercy has decided to say, I'm about to bring judgment on an unrepentant people. And that judgment will be intolerable 
and unmistakable. But yet in times like these, it prepares us. I preached Monday night at a men's rally, and I said to those men in that rally that I preached at, we can talk about, well, the church, hallelujah, this will bring a real revival to the church, etc. No, it won't. We can say it all we want to. Because you see, the reality for revival to fall, something that we're doing right now has to change. Something has to accelerate. Something has to bring us to our knees. Something has to cause us to fast and pray. Something has to cause us to repent and say, God, I want to get closer to you. I was talking with Dan the other day. I said, what behavior would it be if we knew that Jesus was going to come by lunch today? He said, I'd be getting out of here and going to everybody I knew and my relatives who I believe are not right with Jesus. And I would do my best to tell them about the love of God. So I'm here asking you to take this message tonight for just a few moments. Because I'm going to talk about a kingdom. Every person you know has a kingdom. A kingdom is an area or a region in which you are dominant. In which you have the opportunity to, to, to influence it might be your family, a family kingdom, an individual kingdom, a church kingdom, Victory Church, a kingdom. A nation can be a kingdom. A nation can be a kingdom. We understand that most kingdoms rise and fall from what resides in a person's heart. We know that because if, in fact, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen says, hey, here's what you got to do. For the windows of heaven to open, you got to do this. You got to humble yourself. He said, That's possible. You got to turn from your wicked way and you got to come forth and repent. And he said, Watch what will happen. So God's telling us right smack down the center aisle. That's what I know that it will take to bring a revival. We know that, in fact, that America, as we know it, as a kingdom, is missing the mark by a long shot. If you believe that, say amen. The heart of our country, the heart of our culture, the heart of far too many families is simply this, Proverbs 4, 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of your life. America, guard your heart. Victory Church, guard your heart. Brother, sister, guard your heart. Family, guard your heart. In other words, keep that heart open and pure to the sensitive presence of the Holy Spirit. And then he said, if you're going to have a kingdom, here's a sure sign to determine if you're going to make it. And it is this. He said in, in Matthew 7, verse 24, if your kingdom is built on the sand, if in fact America's kingdom as we know is built on the sand, he said if it's built on the sand, that is an unstable foundation. And the unstable foundation will be wonderful. It will hold beautifully until it's challenged. And when an unstable foundation is challenged, it says it will erode and fall apart. And you will find yourself without anything to hold on to. But he said, if you build upon the rock, 
He said that when the storm comes, and when you have done the disciplines of keeping your heart pure, and challenges like COVID-19 comes, and riots, and all the other things that take place in your community, in the kingdom of which you rise, just simply lift up a hand of prayer and know that the God you serve will sustain you because your foundation is sure. It is sure. 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments at every, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Guard your heart, he says, there is an activity that has to take place that you cannot accept malice and anger and bitterness and resentment. You cannot let sin reside. You cannot let the temptations of darkness sway you. He said, you've got to make your decision that you fight back every lie of the enemy and declare victory. You do not let anyone get under your skin. You do not let anyone pull the trigger on your anger. You do not let anyone get in between you and the heavenly Father. Solomon is our point person tonight, and we know that he had an opportunity that was given to him by his father, David. David, of course, had honored God, and God blessed David in a phenomenal way. And then David is about to die, and old Solomon comes along. And we know that David's kingdom was God's kingdom, and that's the way it was. And here's what they decided, that the inheritance that Solomon received from David also was God's kingdom. So just take a moment and see if we can learn this together. Number one, God's kingdom first. Say that with me, God's kingdom first. Say that online out there. Here we go. God's kingdom first. God's kingdom first. Not my will, but your kingdom first. Not my desire, but your will be done. 1 Kings 9, 4. As for you, if you walk before me in integrity of heart and in uprightness as David your father, son, you had a great role model, as David your father did, and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, you will be successful we're pushing forward at the time of our text. He's 20 years Solomon into the leadership role. And when he was first anointed as king, his heart, because he'd been close to his father, he'd learned from his father. He was close to dad. He watched his dad lead. And as a result of that, when it came time that he had the privilege to have his request answered, he had been trained and mentored right. And he said, hey, here's what I want. I want wisdom. I want wisdom. But did you notice something? The farther he got away from the influence of his father, the farther he got away from the challenge of leading, the farther he came to success, he began to own that success for himself. We understand that two chronicles said that Solomon asked for that wisdom. And so God shared with Solomon an important factor that says, this is your kingdom, this is my kingdom, my kingdom first, but your kingdom to lead. You keep me, God, at the forefront of your thinking. Well, I wonder what God thinks. I wonder what God desires. 
I wonder what God's pleasure is. Secondly, he said, you walk in his ways and conduct yourself, not as a hypocrite, conduct yourself as an astute believer who belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't have a behavior. Don't go out there and be engaged in things that would steal your Christian testimony. The other thing, you obey the laws. Just simply obey the laws. The Ten Commandments is a pretty good place to start. They're simple. And then faithfully discharge your duties. Your duties, Solomon, is to represent your dad. Your duties is to represent my kingdom. These are my people. When you look around at the kingdom that you have, you look around at the influence that God has given you, did you know that influence is unearned influence? It's a gift from God. Do you know that there are people in your path or under your umbrella of influence that God placed there and says, whatever you do, do not lead them astray. Do not allow anything to come between them and God by your action. You see, there is a direct correlation between the personal family and the kingdom of being blessed by God and have an in, 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 intimacy with God. You see, the scripture is clear that anyone or anything who comes before God or the practice of our faith is wrong. God, is this what you want? Does that set me up to win or does it tempt me to possibly fail? Exodus 20, verse 3, you shall have no other gods before me. Well, I don't have any other gods. Oh, friend. We have more gods in our families and in our culture today than we're willing to admit. So many, many things that don't have to push too hard for us to back up on our commitment to remain focused in the Holy Spirit. We find Solomon crossing a threshold now of his life, and he is reminded of this. So far, you have been successful and your reign is successful. And also, your future resolve for leadership, I will help you. And God says to him, protect your kingdom by remembering our agreement. Walk with me. Washington, walk with me. Congress, walk with me. Senate, walk with me with me judicial branch walk with me lakeland florida walk with me victory church walk with me as for me and my house walk with me can you say amen that will not be automatic we will have to work at it and set priorities number two god establishes his kingdom god's kingdom first but god establishes his kingdom I believe with all of my heart that America was God's gift to the early forefathers who established the Constitution of the United States. I believe that having a country free, being able to practice religion, be able to understand government by the people and for the people, I think was a gift that God had given us in the early, early days and I believe as a result of that, 
God blessed America. You cannot, unless you study history, you cannot imagine the amount of favor God has given our country. You can't imagine it. But when favor is given and continues to be given, here's what happens. Human nature takes it for granted. It's not long, it's not long that we don't believe that the Ten Commandments in the classroom doesn't matter anymore. It's not long that we come to the conclusion that prayer is just a religious exercise, but it's not good for everybody. It's not, it's not good. It's not good, of course. Our culture has decided to say church is important. It's not good to have prayer often in public places. And God say, it's my kingdom. And I will establish my kingdom. Now, let me tell you what God is doing now. I believe he established his kingdom through Solomon. I believe he established his kingdom at the birth of America. I believe that. I believe that. But I'm telling you, he's also establishing another kingdom. And it's that heavenly kingdom that he says, when I'm done with this earth and I'm done with this culture, there is a place that I'm preparing for you, that where I am, you may be also, if you just stick with it and don't get afraid and keep your heart open and walk with me, you will enjoy the kingdom of heaven where there is no sin, there is no pain, there is purity, there's no trouble, there's no difficulty. It is a place of rejoicing in the presence of Almighty God forever and ever. So I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever. As I promised David your father when I said, you shall never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Wow. Notice how that scripture is worded. I will establish the throne of thy kingdom. I will establish it. Not you. I will establish the person on the throne. And if if, 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 if you pay attention to value God's kingdom, Victory Church, if you remember who the author and finisher is of Victory Church, Lakeland, if you remember that it's not about this political system, that political system, or that persuasion, if you remember, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked, you'll hear from me. I will move. You see, I believe that prayer and God is the answer to every challenge. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have work to do. Somebody say amen. Doesn't mean that we pray and as God speaks, it's important. It appears that God himself takes total responsibility for any and all success on his shoulder. So here's what we know. That's hard for most individuals to swallow, especially in our American culture. Here we are. Our American culture, this America, land of opportunity. You agree or disagree? Amen. This is a nation of self-made men and women. You agree or disagree? Here it is, that most success is measured by economic gain. You agree or disagree? That hard work will give you what you want. You agree or disagree? Or you can have anything that you desire if you work hard enough for it. Any of those themes sound usual to you? Those are themes that have been presented to us by hardworking people. But what we forget, 
that without God, you don't have a tomorrow. Without God, your hand may not work tomorrow. Without God, you may wake up with a mind that took a hike. You can hear tomorrow, as I heard someone say today, I've been hurting in my side when I found out I've got massive cancer throughout my body and in my bones. Wow, woe is me, what shall I do? God builds his kingdom. So what does he say? I want you to remember this. He said, he holds the keys to life and death. You're going to live until God gets ready for you to die. Amen? That's what I know. And then not only that, life and breath are given by God. Breath is not free. It's ordained of God. All growth is given by God, my friend. All substance is given by God. All energized effort given to us that produce in our lives is all, happen to be all gifts given to us by God. And we understand, God, all I am is a vessel. All I am is a tool. If I want your favor, I have to pay attention to you. I have to walk with you. I have to give you my kingdom back to you every day. I have to give you my heart and know that my heart is open and pure. As a matter of fact, Jesus in Matthew 6, he refers to Solomon. He said, Solomon, boy, what a sport he was. He said, in all his wealth, in all his power, in all his wisdom, he could not adorn a lily in the field at all. That came from the creative hand of Almighty God. It did not come from this smart man that you know. If you honor me and protect your kingdom spiritually, I will give you unprecedented success. Not only that, God declares, even after Solomon's death, the throne of David will be preserved. Victory Church is 31, 30, going on 32 years old. My prayer is God. Let's be careful to remember that it was a gift presented to us over 31 years ago. And let's remember this. That no matter who the leader is and no matter what goes on and no matter what culture does. As long as the Lord tarries. There will still be a strong church. Offering praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we will keep our heart pure. And not be led astray by false doctrine. Are you with me out there? Protecting, I like this, protecting your kingdom is not an annual resolution at your birthday or a new year. It is a moment by moment, decision by decision. Determination that your kingdom is God's kingdom and only he can establish it. Only he can establish it. That's why we pray, our Father, hallowed be your, in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your will be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. That's what we pray. So in our nation, as we're coming up on a birthday celebration or anniversary celebration for July 4th, here's what I know. 
COVID-19 gives us a great threshold to really fasten down in our prayers. To think, God, are you getting us warmed up for the rapture of the church? Are you letting us experience something that our nation hasn't experienced for many, many years? that stopped the major economy with 7 billion people. Are you giving us the privilege to say, wake up, church. Keep building your kingdom for me. Number three, only you can destroy God's kingdom. Only you can destroy God's kingdom. Have you seen kingdoms crumble? Have you seen families that started out in church and in church and over a period of time they they seem to forget the disciplines of going to church or the disciplines of devotion, the disciplines of prayer. And favor just coming, kept coming their way, and little by little it was easy to write God out of the calendar for the weekend. Because stress says we need to have fun. And the commitment to the kingdom of God gradually waned. 1 Kings 9, 6. But if you or your sons turn away from me and do not observe the commands and the decrees I've given you, and you go off and serve other gods and worship them, Then I will cut off Israel from the land. I have given him and will reject this temple. I've consecrated for my name. Israel will then become a byword and an object of ridicule among all people. A nation can destroy itself. A family can destroy itself. A person can destroy oneself simply by saying, this is my kingdom. I'm going to live and do like I want to do. I don't need anyone else. I want to behave like I want to behave. It's my way or the highway and no observant of God. Do you know how many people stay home on Sunday and don't darken the door of a church? The majority of our culture. And yet, the church is the only entity that gives hope to America. Everybody with me? It's not the economy. We already know it has shifted. It's not power because no one knows who's truly in control. You see, most of us in this room know how to get what we want. But we have a problem often when we get what we want in culture. We have a problem keeping it. We have a problem not letting it destroy us, not letting it rule us. 
as it causes us to become possessive of it. And when I say walk with God, that's easy when you have nothing in your hand and you possibly have a fallback position. I walk with God as it's convenient. Well, fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer. Fasting is I skip the meal and I take that time and I really pray. That's what that is. We understand that. And when I say God-given success, we say that's good until we have to give up that God-given success. What I'm trying to say to you, Solomon was at a critical stage in his life. You talk about abundance, the, the spigot, that's, 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 that's yard talk. Lawn talk is the faucet. The spigot was open, and he was the most wealthy man of his day. He had more property and land mass than anyone. He had more servants than any kingdom. He had more wives than anyone else. We'll debate that. He wrote at least a thousand songs. He wrote poems. He had supernatural wisdom. His kingdom had it all. Nothing was withheld. But we find him with a new focus. We find him not honoring God, knowing full well what he was told to begin with. We find him at a crossroads that he should have never allowed anyone to put him at to have to make a decision. For Satan found the weak spot. And as Solomon grew old, how many of you know what age old is? I don't. When I was 35, I thought old was 65. Amen? And then it feels good when people say, well, the, 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 the new 65 is 55. Then straighten up and walk straight. Amen? He grew old and his wives, his wives turned his heart after other God. That's a deal maker. And his heart was not fully, not fully, didn't say, didn't say not fully devoted to the Lord his God. Ride that fence, Solomon, as the heart of David, his father, had been. It seems like that God says, it's either all my kingdom or nothing. And if you're not giving God his kingdom and walking with him, will the favor stop? Reigns on the just and the unjust. Will God turn the spigot off because you're not being as obedient? He has grace and he has mercy. But there will come a day a day that we don't even know when it will. And he'll say, we're going from grace, we're going from mercy, and we're going now into judgment. I want to be ready, don't you? I want America to be ready. And I believe, I believe if the church makes some amendments and some change in behavior, that God will, in fact, send one more great move of his Holy Spirit. And I want to be a part of that. Amen. 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 So we know that.
So would you stand? Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for your power and your grace and your mercy that you've given us. We need your help. You declared, as Solomon said, Lord, give me a discerning heart to know the difference between right and wrong. And at a time when he was humble, he said, who's able to govern this great people of yours? Very casually started walking away and building his kingdom, listening to the voices of compromise and others. And it wasn't long that he had given away the most important thing, and that was his heart of purity for a few moments of satisfaction. America, you are in a mess. Washington, you're in a mess. Tallahassee, you're in a mess. Church, you are in a mess. But the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse that mess and make it as white as snow. May we learn what it means to keep repenting. May we learn what it means to remain humble. And may we learn what it means to say, I am a proud American. That God, there is a responsibility that goes with that statement. And that responsibility is to pray and to believe. And to believe that you still have power to turn us around. And I pray for every person at home. I pray you would guide them and meet their need. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask all of us to just repeat this prayer. Would you do that? Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I repent. Lord, I repent. I am sorry. I have failed. I've become lazy. And I've turned aside some of the disciplines that I should be keeping. But tonight, as I sense your holy presence, do something in me that causes me to catch fire, to want to walk with you, and to believe by faith that my God still rules and reigns. Father, I give you my country. I give you America. I give you my commitment to it. Help me lift her up in prayer and to believe you for the phenomenal. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You might be seated. Those of you at home, we want you to know that we love you and you can go and say, buddy, I made a commitment, go online, victorylakeland.org. And you can get exactly what you need to move forward by faith. If you do that, we would appreciate it. Could we do this? Could we just, right, if you, may, if you have to leave, you're welcome to leave, but could we take five or 10 minutes and let's pray for our country, and pray for the president, and pray for Lakeland and Pray for families in our church. So far, God has given us favor in our church family. 
And we've been holding back with the COVID by the grace of God. So let's believe that God will help us pray for our services on Sunday online because we'll have a wonderful music program that relates to the 4th of July. And, and then we'll trust God together and believe that online and here Sunday morning that God will move in a special way. Amen. So just take your time and pray. If you're done before I come back up, you're welcome just to slip out. But it won't, it won't be any longer than 10 minutes. Probably ought to last five or six hours. But we're going to go for 10 minutes, okay? God bless you, everybody.